Hello, hello, hello. I am your Jackie Collins, hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth. In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, oh, show you how to. Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. <laughs> Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I am your hostess with the most, Diz Munoz. And baby, I'm back. That's right, folks. After a month-long, you know, rest and refresh, I couldn't leave my babes without some new and fresh foodie homosexual content, y'all. How are y'all doing? How was July? We are in a heat wave here in New York. And to be honest, I kind of live, laugh, love it. You know, I'm a heat baby. Give me all the heat. Give me all the vitamin D. Give it all to me because soon enough, we are going to be in the winter. And, um, you know, I I hate to say it, but Christmas is right around the corner. <laughs> Listen, a little bit of serious news because, you know, I am all about the community and protecting the community and fostering good, healthy conversations, y'all. This monkeypox thing out there is crazy. If you can get a vaccine, go get a vaccine. We need to take care of each other. My friend, Dr. Carlton of, you know, the butt doctor, he's not, he's a gastroenterologist, not an, um, an infectious disease doctor, but he's the only one out there trying to spread the word to the community and factual information on how to keep yourself protected, how to keep yourself healthy, and how to keep the community healthy. Uh, you go follow him on TikTok or on Instagram at Dr. Carlton. You know, we have to keep each other safe, y'all. Um, and this is total PTSD COVID situation. And you know, I don't get super serious here on the podcast, but it would be against my spirit and against what I do and stand for if I don't at least mention it and speak about it and try to help foster good and healthy conversations here. Other than that, um, the merch sales were great. I haven't done the final tally of what I'm donating to the Ali Fournay Center, but um, it's a few hundred bucks, which is great. You know, not it's not like fantastic, but anything that helps these LGBTQ homeless youth is great. And I will give you that um, final tally when I figure that out. I'm up for a podcast award. That's the final piece of business here before we get to the getting on. Um, but you have to go and nominate me and vote for me because it's the People's Choice Podcast Awards. You can go to www.podcastawards.com and nominate under me under People's Choice and the LGBTQ categories, honey. She's a winner. She's a legend. She's an icon and she is the moment. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she has a raspy voice for no reason. Um, 
I'm ridiculous. Listen, I am so excited for today's guest because there was some witchcraft in getting them here that was not of my doing. So without further ado, please help me welcome the one, the only, Michael Silverstein. Say Hello. Hi. Hi, 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 hi. I, I need to go back to something you said, though. You said you what? like this heat. Yeah. Mm-mm. I live, laugh, love it. No. Why not? Not doing it. I'm here Give in me- Texas. This 108 shit, well, we're not doing it. Mm-mm. You know what? Uh, not you, but some of y'all down there deserve it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Texas is a hot mess. I'm like, okay. where's my tea? Where's my tea? Okay. Cup? Where's, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? Um, uh, wow. Hi and welcome. Hello. And Hello. thank you for being here. And thank you, thank you for giving me of your busy time out of your very, very busy schedule. No, thank funny. you for having me. I'm, I'm she honored. She is busy. Listen, we have a lot to cover today uh, in a short amount of time. And I'm a little out of practice all of a sudden. But uh, before we get anywhere, I got to do what I got to do. And in the grand tradition of In Your Mouth, I need to wish you Happy National Watermelon Day. Yay! <laughs> That's Watermelon a thing. Day. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's, a, love- there's a national food day for Every day of the year, I, love I don't create. I'm okay I don't that. create them. This one actually makes sense. A lot of them don't. Yeah. So yeah, it's also kind of like the only fruit you can like just pour liquor into and, and make a drink out of the fruit. Yeah, you know what? That doesn't work. <laughs> okay, fine. I've never tried it. That do- that doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> All right. Um, like, I just saw. I just saw one influencer on the internet try it yet again i myself have carved the hole into the watermelon no it doesn't work it doesn't the tequila does not go down the tequila will go down about um like a third of the bottle maybe so then you're just you're just left with like watermelon scented straight tequila but it gets really slushy it's a hot mess you know, oh, okay. in my per- in my personal opinion, I say don't even don't even cut the watermelon yourself. Go to the grocery store, <laughs> get the cubes already cut, cut the workout, oh, and throw God. them into like a Tupperware, not a sponsor, and um, you know, pour the you tequila know, over. It pour up. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Pour yeah. the tequila over it and Fine. save yourself the hassle and the mess all the way around. <sighs> you know what I'm craving though is. It's always my favorite, and I never make it, a good watermelon salad. You know, watermelon, feta, you know, some sliced, some thinly sliced serrano or jalapeno. I did that. I did that for July 4th. A mint pesto of some sort. Watermelon and feta. I had a little basil in my garden. Yeah. Premium. Premium. It's been a minute since I've had a little basil in my garden, honey. Listen, things are crazy out there. Keep your basil in your own gardens is all I have to say. <laughs> we, we agree. We agree. We are off, we are off we to agree. the races and you are on a podcast <laughs> called In Your Mouth, Michael. So, <laughs> so, well, so this, is, this is it. This is what we came here to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, talk yeah. about watermelon salads and the heat wave. I mean, what else is there to talk about? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love well, it. you're in luck because it's also National IPA Day. Ooh, I like a good IPA. Are you a beer game? <laughs> no. No, I, I mean that. That's not judgment. No, no, that's and I'm not, not saying it with judgment. I just None. if I'm if I drink beer, I do like an IPA. But like, no, I'm I'm like a tequila. Like straight liquor guy, tequila stand, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, it's although I've gotten enough. really into mezcal the last few years, and now it's like literally, like you'll find me every night with a glass of just nice mezcal and a nice cube. That's it. It's it's, it's so a little smokalicious for me. It tastes a little like Ooh, barbecue. Um, yeah, but that's why I, I like it. It's you know, good. I feel yeah, like it's, it's a little late. funky. It's a late summer for me. It has to be like a late summer. I'm getting ready for the campfire mm. of it all. No, you know I do. I mean? I, even like a margarita with mezcal gives it a little, a little something. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, into yeah. it. Yeah, I had like a mezcal Negroni the other day. Right. Which is good. Which has absolutely yeah. nothing to do with IPAs. But like, if you love no. an IPA, like, <laughs> have at it. 
highest yeah. alcohol content of all the beers. I will say though, right. And what I like about IPA, if, if we're kind of being somewhat serious, like I just like all my drinks to have like a kick you in the face flavor. So that's why I drink like straight liquor. I drink like black espresso, like yeah. tar, like yeah. like yeah. motor oil espresso. So yeah, that's why like fa- if I'm going to drink a beer, I'm, I'm into IPA, but. Yeah, you're a fetish food queen. I, we yeah. stand. You know? We're all in. Yeah. No, no, it's it's 100 miles an hour or nothing for me. Everything yes, in life. Absolutely. No, <laughs> well, no matter what you celebrate today, whether it's watermelons, IPAs, or... Or a watermelon or, IPA. Or a watermelon IPA. Is that a thing? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. We'll go exists. with it. Yeah, it's the well, day. We'll you know, go with it. We celebrate you out there. And moving <laughs> right along into this day in gay history, Michael, did you know that in 2009, and I felt like this was very appropriate, although we, d- we get very minorly political on this podcast, in 2009, Wisconsin's domestic partnership uh, law becomes effective. And I thought it was very apropos with all the crap that's happening in the Supreme Court these days and with our rights being challenged every day, you know yeah, Going the wrong direction. Yes, we are. We're going. We're going some direction. I don't even know if it's the wrong direction. It's like we're driving like Thelma Louise style. Yeah, it's dark off the cliff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's dark. Yeah, it's dark. And that's why. That's why we need tequila. I mean, that's that's how we do this. I mean, yeah, and (laughs) respond. You know what? Responsibly, we need tequila. Are we we doing water? Are we like? Are we hydrating? Mm Hmm. Hydration moment, right? (laughs) Keeping the kids. Listen, y'all, you don't even know. Michael Silverstein is really easy on the eyes, so you have to quench your thirst. Please go to his Instagram, folks. Please go to the Instagram while you're passively listening or actively listening to this uh, podcast at Chef Michael dot keto and take a look at the face and the food (laughs) as you listen to this podcast. But I want to get to the getting on. Folks out there, if you don't know, and you probably already do, uh, you may have seen uh, Michael Silverstein on the most recent iteration of MasterChef. MasterChef, back to win, airing (laughs) Wednesdays on Fox. But Michael is also an author and chef sharing his love of food with you via his healthy cooking that actually tastes good. He lost over 80 pounds in one year on the ketogenic diet. His goal is to create healthy food that'll stick to your bones while helping you lose a few pounds, too, by showing you how to create stunning meals at home that are super delicious but also really healthy Look at that. can i keep you that was the best summary of my life i've ever heard well you know i i get that a lot i guess that's, <laughs> that's why they amazing. call me that's why, i guess that's why they call me the andy cohen i know, of food. I know. I think I'm I done. Know. You've you've said it all. That's it. That's it. We can we can close out. Well, we thank can close you. it up. Thank you. This Th- is so thank fun. You. Thank you so much. It was great having you here. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm no. I am honored. That was really. I nice. want, to, uh, but I like to start. You know, Julie Andrews style at the very beginning with love of cooking and where that came from. Yeah. Oh boy! I mean, how far back do we go? I, I, I'm I love eating, so we'll I mean, start to the there. womb. Did your, yeah, did your mom to the, have did, to the did, womb. Did, did, your, did your mom have crazy cravings? Pickles and ice cream? <laughs> you know, I've never asked. Um, no, you know, I've I've loved food my whole life. My, you know, I grew up in a very like Jewish household where like everything was food. You know, like every holiday, every time you walk in the door, you hungry, you hungry. So yeah. I grew up around food. My mom and my whole family, you know, especially all the the holidays and stuff, everything was about food. So so I kind of grew up in a space where food was really honored and celebrated and then just had a craving from a very young age to be in the restaurant industry. I was 13 years old. I didn't even legally have a work permit yet. And I wanted to work desperately at this Italian restaurant in my neighborhood. Got my first job without a work permit, getting paid illegally cash to like sit there in the back kitchen and roll napkins and put the little oils together for the tables for, for like, I think it was $10 an hour cash, which was a lot. Big bucks. Um, yep. Big, big bucks when you're 13. I mean, big kind of big bucks now. That's more than minimum wage, which is a whole other topic. Um, uh, uh, really? This is the road you're taking <laughs> us down? <laughs> um, and so, so I, I got the bug. I mean, you know, being in that kitchen, the, the energy, the flow, the chefs yelling, the, the whole thing, I was hooked from a young age and really never turned back. I continued pushing myself through the food industry. I worked uh, front and back of house until 
God, maybe 25 years old, um, in between college at night, whatever I could do to stay in the restaurant space um, and just continued learning and absorbing food. I never went to culinary school, so I'm not formally trained at all. Um, but I, I was a sponge and just I wanted every chef I was around to teach me every single thing I could um, and uh, and just fell in love. I mean, it's sort of my life's passion. Um yeah, um, more often than not, coming from, you know, deeply cultural-rooted um, backgrounds, right? Um, yeah. Whether you're Jewish, Latino, like I am. Italian, what, you name it, African, Nigerian, you name it, yeah, food like, is... Yeah, where, where food is the is the centerpiece of, right. of a lot of things, you know, whether... Whether it's events or or just life moments or just family gatherings, whether you're whether your family is large or small, you know this this food. I always say, you know, all all major life events happen around food, and yeah. and it really it really can shape us whether whether we're in the food industry or not. You know what I mean? And hundred percent. It really becomes a staple in our lives, and it really surprises me how many people out there um, don't cook. You know, coming coming from this and coming from like these rich cultural backgrounds where it's just like so ingrained in you. And then I have I, I meet some friends that are like, oh yeah, like we have these big family dinners, but I can't cook any of it. Like, no, nope, yeah, none of you it. know, I hear, I hear that a lot, and I get it. Um, my partner doesn't really cook. He's better than he thinks he is, but I think cooking is scary for people. I think it's uncomfortable. Um, it feels sort of chaotic and uh, like there's so much work involved. You get really in your head about it. And that's kind of one of the reasons that I've worked really hard at creating recipes for people. You know, as I shifted my career away from physically cooking for people and now kind of writing food for people to cook themselves, which is too completely different things. I think a lot about those people. I think a lot about the people who look at a recipe or look at cooking at all as sort of an intimidating thing and and try to figure out how can we get flavor with like five ingredients or minimal steps or like no one's at home sous vide steak and smoking like there's people for that us food nerds we can do that all day but then there's people who are like I just need to get some shit on the table my kids are hungry and and I think that that's important that we don't uh, kind of become food snobs and judge people who aren't necessarily premium home cooks. Like, yes, let's yes, go. Yes. Like, everybody can cook. I promise anybody can cook my recipes. That's kind of like the whole mission that I set out for, um, especially when you get into this health space where I think, um, you know, I had to, to find... I had to find a balance, right? Like I love food so much, which is how I ended up at 350 pounds um, because I just want to eat all the time. I still do. I just literally want to eat all day. Um, Absolutely. And, and so I had, to, and and I had to find a way to do that, to fix that, to eat and also maybe not um, hurt myself in a way. It, exactly. And I mean, we can we can sit here. That's like a four-hour podcast and and unpack all of that, right? The, the eating, the overeating, the gay body dysmorphia, right? The the pressure from the community to look and act yeah. a certain way, right? The the summer body dieting thing, right? Yeah, Which, yeah. like, we can unpack all of that. But I want to go back to something you said about, like, anyone can cook and, like, the pressure to cook because it's also why I started my journey. Uh, one of the many reasons why I started my food journey way back when is that, you know, all of all of that food and all of what we were seeing in food media was very beautiful and very mm. processed And like it was like the backward seer, the sous vide. And, and it's like, who's doing this? Like no one, right. no one could do. And, and it seemed overly complicated for no reason. And it's a reason, actually, that my mother doesn't cook anymore because she found herself later in life and single and she doesn't know how to cook small. So she doesn't cook for one. She goes, I don't, I can't do it. And I won't do it. Like she, she adamantly is against cooking for one. Right. And it's because she doesn't know how. And well, so, and maybe that, maybe that's also just not why she cooked before she was caretaking yeah. perhaps. I mean, I'm spagging, exactly. but, yeah, but it exactly, doesn't feel it's good. Also, to, it's not, you know, that's a self care moment. I think that some yeah. people have trouble with cooking for yourself is kind of a self-care thing that a lot of people ignore 
exactly. And I think uh, the tri- the generational trickle down of not knowing how to cook for one or like right. cooking for one was never a thing, you know? Right. Um, it is kind of up important to address. Talk to me, uh, but I, I do want to continue a little bit down this road of the food and weight loss journey. What what sparked what sparked that? Like, oh, I need to go keto, and why keto? Um, <laughs> and like go down this road of of health and beautiful food at the same time. Ooh, so why keto? First of all, um, really simply put, I I've done I've I've dieted before. I've done the yo-yo stuff. I've basically starved myself um, into losing weight, gained it back, and then some. Did it again. Tried this. Tried that. And it was a cycle of sort of of damaging and binging my body and then damaging it to lose weight. Uh, Mentally and physically, I think, again, this is a bigger discussion, but the way that we treat ourselves and look at ourselves is is so uh, linked to our self-worth, our self-esteem, our mental state. Um, and, And it took me a really long time to understand why I want to lose weight, not because I don't like what's in the mirror. I'm not sure that most people like what's in the mirror, whether you're thin or thick. Um, I think that's something that we all kind of struggle with a bit. Um, But keto for me just made sense um, because it sort of fundamentally allows you to still eat. I think most diets out there are deprivation-based diets, restriction-based diets. Um, and that's fine for a time being. And they'll all work. At the end of the day, I know this is kind of controversial. You'll see a lot of back and forth on this. But at the end of the day, weight loss technically kind of does come to calories. Um, but keto does something different with those calories. You're still eating real food. Um, you're eating meat and vegetables primarily. It also has a really bad reputation. Whoever's doing the PR for keto needs work. Um, because you know, it's sort of projected as this like really fatty, unhealthy, I always say bacon dipped, dipped in mayo. It's just really not like, you know, Atkins back in the day too, you know? Right, 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 right. Um, you know, to me, keto is a beautiful roast chicken and some, and some root vegetables or something with it. You know, it's, it's meat and greens, meat and vegetables, which is kind of the way that humans have been eating forever. Um, I just take out the the grain and the, and the sugar. So no one's going to argue that wheat is something that, that helps <laughs> that that's, that's harming us in some way. Um, that being said, keto for me just worked. I didn't intend on any of this stuff and I didn't intend on being some keto author influence. Like none of that shit was where I was even at. Uh, I literally just started keto to lose a few pounds. Cause I was like, I'm getting dangerously heavy. I'm pre-diabetic. Like I'm in trouble. Um, fuck the way I look. I am in trouble. Um, it's sort of that rock bottom moment that I think many of us have had in different ways, not just not only weight related, but a lot of us have felt rock bottom before. And so I needed a diet where I could eat something that I could actually stay on, not a way to lose 10 pounds in 30 days or whatever. And so I found keto. I tried it. It worked instantly within about two weeks. I started feeling better. Um, again, I loved the protein. I loved being able to eat meat and seafood, which I love, um, and and I started kind of creating recipes for myself and myself alone. Um, my partner was like, you know, maybe these would help people. You're creating chef chef inspired recipes. Make an Instagram. I, I it, literally on a whim, I made an Instagram without my face, without my name. I think it was called Keto Homemade or something. Um, literally just to share the food I was making every day at home, just to help people. And it just started a whole world. Like uh, it just started really taking off. Um, that's actually how Gordon Ramsay's team noticed me. They sort of found me on Instagram yeah. um, just from doing something for myself. I, I guess you never really know who's watching or what, you know, it's a weird world out there. Yeah. Um, and so everything that's happened in my life since uh, has been a, a surprise every single day. But since losing those those 80 pounds, um, I've basically kept it off. I mean, you know, I'll have little ups and downs. The holidays will hit and then I'll get those 20 back or whatever. But um, I, I fell into keto because it was real food. I didn't have to sit there counting every calorie. Um, I felt good. Yeah. I felt energy. I wasn't hungry. It was something that I could just, that would work for me long term. Yes. And that, it that's all. It's sustainable. I think, I think that's, that's the message here, you know, no matter who you are out there, right? And 
right? All bodies are beautiful. If you haven't seen that Out magazine cover, their swimsuit edition cover with that thick man in his or that thick person, because I don't know them, um, in in their speedo. Go look at it, because it's like, yes, mm. let's celebrate all bodies here. Mm. But um, it, it, it's all about wh- what works for you and and that journey and just feeling good in your own skin, you know? Yeah, no matter, and, and I think, no matter, I think no a matter lot of what people, you look like, I think it's the message 100%, here. 100%. You know what I mean? And I so, do, and, and, and I think it took me a long time. Like, I've, I've always been a bigger a bigger boy. Um, I'm still, I'm still big. Like, uh, listen, that thick boys, that thick boys, double C are all the rage on right, the internet, honey. Right. Honey, right. that dirty it Twitter, that me, all Twitter account, right? You, you'll right. see. <laughs> um, it took me a, a long time though to realize that. Um, what was the words? Uh, one of my best friends said to me. She said, um, "Taking care of your body is like the ultimate." Uh, gesture of self-love that one can do. So rather than sitting there and not being happy within the me- mirror and, and and picking myself apart and and that's why I, I, I want to look better in a swimsuit, that didn't work for me. It wasn't until I was like, no, you know what? I'm okay with my body, but I want to do this like literally for just for me as a gesture yeah. of gratitude towards myself, my body to kind of be the best version of myself I can be. I know that sounds super kind of like corny or whatever, but it was but really the point. Like I had ourselves. to find that. Yeah, I had yeah. to find that. We, we have to be, yeah, and you have to find what that means for you too. But being kind to ourselves, no matter where we are at, if you're not in the happiest place with your body or or whatnot, and like we've traveled down like, you know, uh, the left fork on this yellow brick road um, here in this conversation. But like, we just have to be wherever you are in life, happy or not with with it, you have to be kind to yourself and just be like, 100%. okay, well, this is this and what can I do to fix this? Or what can I do to to feel better in in this 100%. space? You know what I mean? Especially, oh, yeah. as queer, especially as queer people, especially with everything that's going on in the world today. You know, there's there's already a lot happening, a lot of outside influences happening. So like whatever we can do to control that within our own space, um, is is of the utmost important. Before we cut out to the break, right? Because um, we are going to get into the master chef of it all. Because I want to hear all about it. Because she's oh, yeah. doing well. Uh, <laughs> I always ask, uh, right? Because we celebrate Pride 365 days of the year here on In Your Mouth. I always ask about coming out because we never know who's listening and who we could influence and affect. What was coming out like for you? Hmm. It was actually, it was really nice. Um, I'm very, very fortunate. I, I come from um, an amazing family. My sisters and my parents are just amazing people. Um, I was 16. I remember walking into my parents' bedroom. They were like half asleep. I think I figured in my mind if they're like half asleep, this will be less dramatic or something. Because as as a kid, no matter the environment that you think you're in, my brain still thought that I was wrong by existing, that that being gay was wrong. And that even though I saw, even though I saw my parents had gay friends and none of that made in my head, I was gonna be kicked out of the house, rejected, um, traumatized. Well, because that's that's what we're fed. That's, that's what like, we're. That's what literally we're fed. We're fed. Um, and that's how subconsciously we're made to feel that we are not normal. And and, and that's the way I felt growing up. I knew I was different, um, and I probably knew that at a very very young age. But in my mind, I was a tragedy, and I was going to break some really horrible news. So I was terrified. And uh, fortunately, I, I remember telling my parents, and they were like. Okay, um, thanks for telling us. <laughs> you know, it was it was really um, anticlimactic. In fact, it was interesting. I, I almost remember thinking, like, why don't they care? Um, which is a really twisted mindset because, again, like in my mind, there was going to be drama. But it, it's so beautiful that it it was like telling them that you know whatever I, I needed an oil change in my car. It was just a normal day because they loved me and. 
they also probably knew, but that's a different, <laughs> you know, that's I, I a different loved, I love that you use like a, um, a car reference, right? <laughs> I'm a so car butch. reference, yeah, so much. Um, <laughs> Listen, we don't qualify. We don't qualify. No, uh, I know the royal, the royal we here um, don't qualify coming out stories because each each and every one of our experiences is different, and uh, we need to hear. We need to hear the the for lack of a better word, the crazy stories along with with the stories of acceptance. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and yeah. and they're all they're all part of the journey and And they're all beautiful and, and tough and, and they're challenging. All beautiful and and, and, and yeah. you make a good point. You make a good point because it's just like you had this big news and everything was fine and it was just like, well, why don't they care? You know? Why wasn't this a moment? Right? And it wasn't a moment because, you know, your parents are loving and accepting. And, but it's true. It's what we're fed. There's this like innate thing that happens to 98% of us, 99.5% of us as LGBTQ plus people that somewhere along the line in our youth, we are fed these horrible storylines that something terrible is going to happen. And, and not, they're true for some people. Sadly, yes, that is the yes. truth. But for sometimes some people. it's not true, you know? Yeah, and you know, and I also bring it up as to say that um, it, it's, it's hard to be a kid and or an adult um, and hold a secret and feel like you are not supposed to exist. You're not supposed to belong, that that your life is going to be difficult, that the dream of the the American dream, the white picket fence and the wife and kids is never going to be you. Um, that's what's been shoved in our face. Whether or not yeah. we have a family that's accepting, we are always and will always be somewhat different than the rest of society. And as a kid, that is a mindfuck, no matter what household you grow up in. Yeah, and, um, and yeah, whatever is going uh, and whatever is going around um, uh, in in that household, right? Because I don't ne- necessarily know if I've ever said this on this podcast, but while trying to discover what who I was and and what even gay was, because mm. growing up in this very strict Puerto Rican household, I didn't even know what that was. You know, right. you know, even though my mother had gay friends um like we didn't we didn't know what that was but then on top of it my mother was a going through a divorce right and now she's a single mom with me in the house trying to figure out her stuff and i'm trying to help carry her a bit as well as figure my stuff out it was it was a hot mess it was a hot yeah. mess in that house, you know? Yeah. So it's it's rough. It's, it definitely is rough. And I really yeah, want to rough. thank you for for sharing, you know, um, and entrusting me with your story and letting us carry it. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I've never talked about it really publicly at so, all. Um, but thank so, you for asking. It's yeah, and it's, you know? it is. And, and it's a journey. You know, I, I look back with such gratitude. One of my favorite stories, me and my, my dad and I joke about it all the time. When I was very young, probably five, six years old, he accidentally took me to the gay pride parade in Washington, D.C. And, you know, we kind of joke, totally jokingly that like, dad, you did this, you know, because <laughs> yeah. we, we were going down. I, I grew up in the D.C. area. We were going downtown and we parked in a park. I don't know what we're going, going to a museum or something. And here comes like, the parade. And like, I, I remember it was sort of one of those core memories that unlocked in my brain of being like, whoa, I'm not home anymore. Like, this is different. Mm. Um, but it's so beautiful that that was the space that was created for me, even at five, six, seven years old, that my dad didn't swoop me away and try to protect me from some, you, you know what I mean? I mean, I think that's really amazing, but it's also something I give my dad shit. I'm like, you did this to me, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's really powerful. And if you're a parent or anybody listening, an an aunt and uncle, um, create that space, establish that there's nothing weird or wrong. Those little micro moments stick that, that sticks that here's my dad, not thinking that this gay pride parade is a, 
is a, is a bad thing. You know, he's like, Oh, cool. You know? (laughs) Um, and and so those little moments go deeper that, you know, yes, there's those big fundamental moments when your kid comes out or whatever, but there's also those micro moments when you see something on TV or you see somebody in the space around you, um, allowing room for that presence, allowing room for people who maybe aren't, uh, gender conforming or, you know, who are overtly queer, creating space for those people is so, so, so important. So thank you for asking me about something very yeah. personal to me that I've never really talked about. Yeah, well, it's important. And I mean, it's why I started this initiative via my merch, right? Shameless plug. But like, you know, there's a there's a tank and a shirt out there that says our stories matter. And I say it every mm-hmm. podcast now because we never know who's listening. We never know. Um, who we can affect. We never know who we can help via our stories. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And mm-hmm. and we're here to celebrate you and every every facet and form of you. So I want to thank you for being so open and sharing with us. But I need to cut out to the break because we have a lot more to cover and not a lot of time. So Michael and I are going to take a quick break to pour some mezcal and uh-huh. we'll be back with my <laughs> favorite part and your favorite part of the podcast. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. All right, Michael, I hope you're ready for my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. A little something we like to call <laughs> Food News Update. Okay. <laughs> you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. Salt and straw created perfumes you're supposed to spritz on your ice cream. No. (laughs) Hard pass. We're not doing that. (laughs) No. You should have seen Michael's face. Oh my god, this is why I missed. I missed this podcast for a month. I didn't know what you had. I didn't know where this was going, but that was not it. As always, thank you to Food and Wine, who's still not a sponsor for always providing me, um, you know, the best of food news and keeping me yeah. up to date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, do, I will say I do like with ice cream, like savory, like a little salt or have you put chili crisp? Uh, so I love a chili crisp. You know, I'll, you know what? Sidebar. Here we go again. Just uh, uh, you and I. <laughs> all on to do this episode. <laughs> no, well, this is going to have to be a three-part episode at this point. But um, if you haven't discovered chili crisp, go out there and what find some. Doing? My <sighs> favorite. Go on, go on Amazon, y'all, and spend the five to eight dollars on. It's called Choo Chow Chili Oil. It is the most delicious, salty, spicy. Ish. Sponsored by Chu Chow. <laughs> you know what? I will give them the free the free sponsorship. You know what? Ask everybody else, right? Forget food and wine and whomever else I've talked about. Chu Chow. No, I live. The, I, I I am giving you the sponsorship space for yes. free. Okay. No, I live for chili crisp. Oh my god, I can eat chili crisp is everything. Yes. Um So the the three cents are meant to enhance your ice cream eating experience, or just to be worn on their own. You know, like ice cream brands like uh, Van Leeuwen, Jenny's, and Salt and Straw are always pulling some shit here. And they have collaborated with some perfume brand, and they have created three perfume scents, actual perfume, that are... um, It's called A Cloud of Cocoa, a rich, robust perfume with notes of Ecuadorian chocolate, malted milkshake, and Japanese whiskey, a plume of blooms, which combines honeysuckle and jasmine, and a swoon of citrus, which balances the tartness of citrus with herbal undertones of an entire orchid. Orchids don't smell. They, no. Plume of Bloom will be my drag name from now on. Um, they, <laughs> Ladies also, and gentlemen, now like, presenting. Yeah, Plume of Bloom. Also, has 
I'm sure you can go like Bath and Body Works and get chocolate scented like candles or something if you're really craving chocolate scent. This seems a little ridiculous. It's a pass for me. It, 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 you know what? I mean, I, I love a good scent, but I learned from um, a, a French gentleman that left his calling card on my nightstand um, that you don't wear scents in the summer because they stain the skin. That's what he told me. And I never understood it till I was with some friends in Puerto Vallarta for Pride in May. And um, we were on the beach and they were like squirting some limes in their drinks. And they were like, be careful. We have um, lime stains on our skin. And I was like, what are you talking what? about? And I was like, oh, it makes sense um, because the acid stain and they it's literally like the UV light or something. Interesting. Yeah, like the sun and the acid like stain their skin. Huh. Um, and I don't yeah. know if you're old enough to remember um, Blue Lagoon, that movie with. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, What's her bucket? Famous actress uh, just broke her foot the other day. Always on Broadway. Um, I don't David know, but Michael. I can picture it. Yeah. Dated Michael Jackson. Her name is, I always forget what her name is. Um, but uh, when they find them on the island and the the white folk are like, oh, you're too tan. We'll have to bathe you in lemon juice. Right. And I never understood that. Right. Racism. But uh, <laughs> it's a thing. So you don't wear scents in December because they stay in your skin. Right. The alcohol. Uh- I wish the people listening could see my face. I'm, I'm very skeptical <laughs> of, this, of this whole thing. I don't. We buy are it. not here. We're just no, not. I don't here buy it. it. I don't think. I, I, don't, I don't think I we're don't here for. It. I don't buy any of ice cream spritz. I'm over it. You know, <laughs> get a flavor plus, of ice cream and move on. <laughs> and plus, after you do all that hard work, like, do you really want to like break out the sense? Really? I mean, so this weird. was created by some homosexual for sure. Yeah. But I don't I think like that idea with cocktails. That I could get behind, like a little spritz uh, on top or something. Oh my god, just pour me the freaking drink. Even though again, random tangent, a new bar opened here in New York City and I went to go support the gays and they have a beautiful cocktail menu so I ordered a mezcal something or other actually and they sure as hell opened some jar and poured it out into like a coupe glass and I was like, wait a minute, you are not charging me $17 for a batch cocktail. No ma'am, honey. No, ma'am. We are not here for this. We are moving on. Oh, no. When I was just in L.A., I I was at a place. Our food was served on paper plates, and it was $18 for a plastic cup of, like, champagne. I was not. I was not having it. I was like, L.A., calm the fuck down. No, Like, you're serving my food on paper plates. Calm down. Well, you know what? You know what Canada is serving? Ketchup ice pops are popping up in Canada. The the refreshingly savory and sweet treats are being given away for free for three days only. Ketchup ice pops. I'm so mad at you right now. I'm not trying to be negative. You, okay, I literally love every food. Like, I do not dislike food. I have nothing that I don't like with one exception, ketchup. I think it is disgusting. I, used I can't to be do a it. Ketchup stand, no more. Oh, like the smell, the smell of it alone. That's what, like, literally, I reacted when you said the idea of a ketchup. Well, French's is behind <laughs> this. Big surprise, right? Not a sponsor, French's, but you know they like paired with some company to like give you like ketchup ice pops and it's only available in Canada. And you know what Canada? You can keep it. You can keep it. <laughs> you can it's keep a boot it. for me. Like I mean, I guess it would be okay because of all the sugar content. I, I mean know? if you like ketchup, there's people who like eat things just for the ketchup. Like fries and nuggets are literally just a ketchup vessel. Fine. Go go to Canada. No, that's like a ranch <laughs> vessel or a chipotle aioli vessel for me. And I get that. I'm a blue cheese girl all day. I will drown in blue cheese dressing. Do not get blue into cheese that. and buffalo. Blue all cheese all day, and buffalo. all day. Yeah. I get it, but but ketchup. Oh. Anyway, not it's a not no for nice me. pop form. Not nice. Not pop in form. any form. What if, what if? What if? Let's take this a weird route really quickly. What if it was like gazpacho, right? That we froze, right? And then added some like mezcal to. No, and I'm now in. we have. Now we have like some sort of ketchup mezcal. I'm in. I love tomatoes. I'm in. I'm all in for that. 
Yeah. yeah. I feel like we could. What about ketchup tastes like tomato? Nothing. It is a. Weird I feel like concoction. we could doctor this into something delicious, but this <laughs> you're ain't trying to, You're trying to slide, using words like gazpacho, you're trying to slide this in. It's not <laughs> happening. We, there is nothing we're going to do I'm to trying, lubricate this to work for me. It's not going to work. Michael, Michael, just the tip. I'm, I, I'm doing it. I, I'm pulling a just the tip move. It's not going to work. <laughs> you're like, no, nope. ma'am. Keep mm-hmm. that monkey pox away from me, honey. Nope. I am that ketchup. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We are not here for this. This is a boot. And last but not, certainly not Give me something least. good. Give me something good. Well, I've been meaning to talk about this, but I've been on a break. Hong Kong's iconic jumbo floating restaurant capsizes at sea. Have you heard about this? Nobody. No. Like, this was news for a hot second. Oh, my God. And I... I was surprised that this wasn't bigger news, like bigger mainstream news. Is everybody so, okay? Do, do yes, people yes, like, yes. So, oh, okay, um, okay. It's a historic. I was picturing iconic, like a, a Titanic moment that was dark for a second. It's, it's a huge restaurant. It's called Jumbo Kingdom, and um, uh, the it's a historic icon. The once uh, once the world's largest floating restaurant, Jumbo Kingdom, shut its doors indefinitely in 2020. As the double hit of citywide protests and the pandemic contributed to losses of more than $13 million, they had to shut it down. And then recently, they tried to move it, and then it capsized at sea, which, hmm, how, how coincidental that they had to close the restaurant, and then it sank. Hmm. 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 Insurance sounds hmm. profitable. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, at least the uh, the fish will have a great meal. That's that's all you can do. It's over. Right? Nobody was hurt. Like uh, Queen Elizabeth was like uh, like Queen Elizabeth II and Tom Cruise were some of the major celebrities to have um, to have eaten here and yeah. You know, it's just that nobody was hurt, you know, and they just couldn't yeah. save it. I mean, not the not the sinking part, but the uh, restaurant at sea, I, I can get down. I think it's cool when food and experience are put together. There's like, you know, those like you can like be on a crane in Dubai and eat, you know, like uh, yeah. there's I think that's cool. Yeah. Make make food and experience always. I'm about it. So I, not, I support not this the message. Not the I don't like part. that. I don't like that dining in the sky. Because what if you have to go to the bathroom? Nope. No. Yeah. What do you no. do? Mm-mm. No. Didn't no. really think that through. Actually, <laughs> I didn't thought about I don't, that. I don't like the Ferris wheel dining either. Because what if you have to go to the bathroom? Nope. Yeah. No. I guess not. I nope. don't know. And, and with that, I think that's the perfect way to end. <laughs> Food news update. Food news update was a whole bunch of like, we are not here for it at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty open-minded, but I don't know. Honestly. I still honestly, can't. I'm going I'm to have nightmares about the ketchup popsicles. Right, that's right, like right. my worst nightmare. Listen, I'm going to have French's send you some in the mail somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't say no to free food, oh though. God. Let's let's be clear. Oh <laughs> free food is, is fine. Oh In today's Listen. day... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, before we close out, I mean, as if MasterChef one time around wasn't enough, you came back for more. Why? Why would I do that to myself? I don't know. I know. I had to. I mean, um, like, with the Gordon Ramsay to. of it all just yelling, screaming his head off, like... It's funny. First of all, let me just clear something up. Gordon's actually pretty awesome. He's a pretty wonderful guy. Super nice. But uh, I also think that people think that maybe all that screaming is kind of an act. It is not an act. Uh, when we start cooking, like he's just really strict and tough and, and really passionate. But to, to be honest, what's hard about MasterChef is sort of the the whole experience um, is so intense. There is so much pressure. The the filming, the kind of having to wake up every day and perform at peak levels, like under yeah. the pressure of like one mistake and your life is kind of, uh, this opportunity of your lifetime is over. That environment is so intense, but like also like high key, the most thrilling thing ever. And that's why when... 
they called me for round two for all stars. I was like, uh, when's the flight? Um, I had to. Yeah. I mean, it, like I, yeah. I, I, I literally the last time I was on set at the end of season ten, uh, when we finished filming the finale, which I was just at as a spectator. I didn't make the finale, but I was there. Um, I sat in the hallway and just cried. Um, to be honest, I actually just cried by myself in like the hallway backstage. And one of the producers came up and was like, "What's wrong?" And I said, "Like this is the last time we'll ever see this place." Um, and so, yeah, like I, I well, they put you through. I, the I, I loved it. Yeah, they do put I loved you the it. gamut. Not that, not that I have any experience in that um, teaser, and mm. uh, they definitely put you through the gamut, and especially the emotional gamut, right? Because what you're not seeing behind the cameras are the entire team of production, right? Hundreds of people, yeah, guiding you, helping you. Supporting mm-hmm. you. And you form bonds you. with your cast, yeah. with the yeah. staff. You, you, we basically live together for months at a time, yeah. separated and from the world. And we, we love each other. We, we bond because we're all we have. And then so you just go win? home. Huh? I, I couldn't so, hear you. I'm sorry. I'm so, oh, so, uh, so are you going to... Hello? So I said, I said, so are you going to win? I tried to I tried to catch you. I tried to catch you. <laughs> And it didn't work. <laughs> no, come on. You know, they, they train us well. No, I'm just kidding. I know, um, I know. Obviously, I, know. I, I can't, say, I, I can't it, say. Even if you slipped, I would have had to edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> if I told you, I'd kill you or whatever they say. No, right. I, I, I'm really proud of myself. I'll say that. I'm really, really proud yeah. of myself. Uh, I mean, to, to be serious, uh, of course, I'm proud of myself for, for just how, you know, how I did on the show. But um, it takes a lot. To do this emotionally, mentally, physically, the time leaving yeah. work, just just putting leaving yourself life. out there, leaving life, leaving and life. then putting that's, yourself that's out like there on months. TV. Yeah. The vulnerability of sort of succeeding or failing in front of everybody you've ever known and ever will know, basically on national TV, um, you're going to look like a fool at times. You're going to look like a rock star at times, and all of that is bundled up. Uh, and it's intense. It's 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 as intense as it is filming it, as it is watching yourself on TV. When you're like, oh, I could have said that. I could have done this different. Da, 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 da. It's a it's an emotional ride, but it is the best thing that's ever happened in my life. I was so honored to go back. Um, this season is nuts. Like the all star. This was no joke. Like I, I was so not only impressed, but also very intimidated by the talent of this season because it's basically like all the finalists, all the... I was actually the lowest ranked person in the entire season. I think I got 15th place back on season 10 and everybody there was like a finalist, third, fourth, fifth place, worst case. And so I felt like kind of the underdog. I was like, whoa, man, these people are restaurant have restaurants, they're award-winning chefs, they have big catering companies, da 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 And here I am, like I, I write cookbooks and, and play around on Instagram for a living, yeah. right? And you know, like who the F am I? Um, and I was blown away by the talent, um, honestly. And like I was... There was people who really impressed me back on season 10, but it's a mix. You know, I think it's a mix of home cooks and professional cooks. And there was some some different levels, let's just say. This season is nuts. Like, And the way that the season progresses and gets more and more intense, the competition heats up like X number of times every episode. What's been your favorite moment so far? Oh, my gosh. Um... That's really tough um, because kind of everything was super exciting. I can say my least favorite moment was the uh, the Coast Guard group challenge, even though I kind of stepped up and, and got put into the captain's chair and, and kind of pulled our team together. Like mm-hmm. personally, that might look good on TV or whatever, but it was a hard day. Um, so that yeah. that moment stands is out. There, as a, is there drama? Do you have drama with any of the cast members? Is, you gonna is he the drama? Is, is he the drama? Is he, is, am I the drama? Is there drama? Is there oh, somebody yeah. you don't like? Uh, yeah, of course. Oh my god! Yeah, oh. I, I always I always say that the real reality show was at the hotel. I bet <laughs> that that's bet. where that's where things really. Um, got heated uh there was there was some yelling and fighting but honestly that's almost like family like in a sense that when you're just living together like there's just going to be those moments and then the next day you're like hugging it's fine um generally speaking I, again i felt like because this this year was so packed with real professional 
kick-ass chefs. Like, we were all kind of there on the same mission, and so we understood that. So there, there wasn't actually much real, like, vitriol or hatred going on. Um, like any family, you know, dumb things would happen. Somebody would be grumpy and look at someone the wrong way and yeah. uh, dumb, dumb shit. Um, but, you know, you asked me a favorite moment. That's really, really hard. I think getting to meet, yeah. getting to meet and cook for... Um, Christine, who won several seasons back, she's kind of known as the blind chef. She's here in Houston, so we're fellow Texans. Um, mm-hmm. I met her a couple years back briefly, but getting to cook for her, um, it was a real highlight for me. Getting to cook Vietnamese food for an award-winning, James Beard award-winning Vietnamese chef and Master Chef winner, that was pretty cool. So I think that was yeah. something I'll kind of always, always remember. Awesome. Um, so I think that was kind of a highlight for me. And I love... I, I genuinely study and uh, and try to respect and absorb food from around the world. And so when there was a challenge or something like Vietnamese food, I was so excited because, uh, I yeah, it's it's a real passion of mine is like understanding cuisine. That. So, I yeah. I also haven't run into Chef Aron Sanchez. I used to work with him a very, very long time ago. Mm. Um a he's very a, long. He's ago. a cool dude. Like I, yeah, I uh, love we, our. Own. We, we, uh, he and I. I mean, a long time. I'm talking like 2004, almost 20 years mm, ago. Mm, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a long time ago. Um, he's so oh, fun to work with on set. He's like he's just the, so fun. The best. The. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just There so, are stories so I cannot even tell on this podcast. But um, how exciting for you. And we obviously wish you all the success, even though, yes, even though you. You, won't, you won't give us any, any sort of like real tea about it. But I guess we'll just have to settle for this. <laughs> what? Now really the drama. There out. is drama. So just stay tuned because this season gets, uh, gets, gets what's, intense. What's next for you? Oh, man. I ask myself this every day. <laughs> you know, I, I think that um, I think there's a long and a short answer. I'll give you the short one, which is, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to, yeah. to keep pushing myself. I, obviously, I talk about this on the show, but um, I, I really, really aspire to have my own restaurant. Um, so big picture, that's definitely uh, something that I'm working towards. Kind of on the daily and, and getting to that point. But, um, you know, day to day, I'm having the time of my life. I'm, I'm connecting with people all around the world with my recipes. Um, I'm having fun filming social media content. Um, I, you know, I want to write more books. Um, I want to get back on TV more. So, you know, I'm kind of a, a, a struggling, starving artist to some extent and just trying yeah. to make it day by day. So, so I, don't, I don't know how to answer that other than I just want to keep going. I want the next book, the next TV show. Uh, I just want to keep going. I'm like, this is my thing. I just want to keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it seems like it seems like the ball is rolling. So, you know, um, it's going to happen for sure. I see it. I see it for you for sure. And um, if the witchcraft of you being here, by the way. So uh, in your mouth, listeners are uh, really quick. Uh, Chandley, you know, friend to the pod and my lesbian food wife of Gay's Gotta Eat sent me Michael's Instagram uh, one day being like, oh, you have to have him on the pod. Not 24 hours later, his PR team reached out being like, hey, would you like, would you be interested in having Michael Silver's? I was like, so I wrote back to Chanley. I was like, what kind of witch are you that like you made this happen? And I couldn't be more happy that you were here. And now that you're part of my big gay food family, my big gay food village or my real housewives of food. (laughs) <laughs> I since it. I call since people have called me the Andy Cohen of food I need a I love it. I need well, a fate, real housewife has definitely brought us together yes 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 and this is not the end of us for sure give the kids all the handles the Instagram the Twitter the alt Twitter the OnlyFans whatever you got <laughs> lay it down <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Um, well, we're not going to talk about the alt Twitter right now. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> at chefmichael.keto. If you just type Chef Michael on Instagram, it, it should pop up. Uh, also at Chef Michael on TikTok and YouTube, just youtube.com slash Chef Michael. Um, you'll pretty much find me on TikTok and Instagram all the time. Uh, my books are anywhere. Uh, cookbooks are sold. I have a comfort food book. I have a keto book. None of them are diety. They're just good food. Um, man, Stay tuned. You guys have, like, this season is by far the best season of MasterChef that has ever existed. So uh, tune in. It's on Hulu if you want to go back um, and kind of see what's happened since. Um, Man, this is going to be a wild ride. It's going to be a wild ride. Wednesdays on Fox. Wednesdays on Fox. And Hulu and Tubi. I think. Yeah, Yeah, 8 o'clock. It's on Tubi, Tubi. I don't know how you say that. Um, I I actually watch it on a few. I have it on. um, you can listen, y'all. Platforms. It's everywhere. Y'all are smart. Y'all are smart enough to know how to find Ma- this season of MasterChef. We don't even need to tell you because no, if you have, if you have a Hulu, a Fox, a Disney Plus, cable TV, and spending a million dollars, yeah, you'll, you'll find, find it. it. Follow you know? me, like you know, I kind of give some uh, some little so, updates and behind the scenes, and there's other things that that kind of happen on my socials absolutely. that you won't see on Hulu. Yes. Well, big thanks to you, Michael Silverstein, for giving me of your time today and just coming to play with me on my Big Gay Food podcast. Anytime. It was an honor. Please come back. All right. You are always welcome. Me podcast as Sue podcast, as I always say. In your mouth, listeners, stay tuned. Uh, August is a hot month with gay liberties. Um, Like I said, the merch is still there um, and it's really, really cute. Please, 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 please go uh, show Michael all the love on Instagram. Follow him. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube, and then after you do that, please go to www.podcastawards.com and nominate your girl for the People's Choice Podcast Awards, because why? She's a winner, baby. And other than that, um, you know, stay hydrated out there because it is effing hot. And as always, thank you for listening to In Your Mouth!